She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 178, Stepping Into Your Power and Living Your Truth with Jessica Zweig. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. I'm so excited you guys are tuning in and This episode marks the last day in July, which is absolutely crazy that tomorrow makes for August 1st, which is a time of reflection to say, have we accomplished the goals that we wanted to set forth in the beginning of the year? Have we, maybe maybe we didn't set goals and that's okay too. It's saying, let's take a time for reflection and figure out where are we today and where do we want to go in the future? Um, But with that, I want to offer up this incredible, amazing interview with a new gal pal, Jessica Zweig, who is the founder of Simply Be Agency. Now, to be totally honest, I totally had a girl crush and I was watching from afar and I knew of this girl. She is in the Chicago area and I knew of her when I first moved to Chicago back in 2012 because she created an online digital platform, magazine, call it what you will, called Cheeky, Cheeky Chicago. And they would have over 100,000 readers every month. And it basically was this online portal for people in Chicago like myself to learn about other events and to get connected and meet other like-minded individuals. Now, fast forward, as some of you guys may have heard, she, Jessica, was also in last Thursday's episode at the quote-unquote boss dinner event that my friend Sarah Wants put on, and that was the first time that we ever met face-to-face, and I knew immediately, I was like, I want to know more about your story, you're coming on the podcast, and you guys, I cannot wait for you to listen to Jessica's entire story, so make sure you buckle up, because we're talking everything about finding your truth, living your life, being in the present moment, letting things come to you and unfold, and that when you are in alignment with what you were meant to do, and put on here in this earth, things will just start happening. So we talk about learning to cultivate different audiences, how to prioritize your mental and physical health over your job, figure out how to develop a strong personal brand along with your product as well. Be Begin to follow your own agenda. Ugh, there's just so much in here. I After the episode and the interview, I was fired up. So I cannot wait for you guys to tune in as well. Yeah, we're just going to kick it off right now. I'm so excited. I love when I can like get up and I'm super pumped. I mean, every episode, every time I get to sit down with someone, I'm like, yes, what am I going to learn today? But today's uh, interview is with the lovely Miss Jessica Zweig, who we met at a entrepreneur underground dinner, I guess you could say. And I've been watching her in the background and it's been cool to see what she's been up to and she's got a history of entrepreneurship in her blood. So I was super excited when she said that she would come on the podcast and welcome Jessica to the show. 
Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. Yeah, well, you are a perfect fit for the show because you've just been rocking it out with Simply Be Agency. And I know when we first met and I got to know your story more, you obviously had this entire other company that you ran. And I want you to talk about that in just a moment. And then you launched Simply Be Agency out of this alignment that you found to be. And so I'm going to stop talking and I would love for you just to take over and share like this whole entire beautiful story that you have and how it came to be and then we'll transition into some of the more tactical things about how you run your business how do you get your clients what does a day in the life look like but I love stories so please share yours okay well it's a it's a lengthy one so I'll try and make it as concise as possible just take us right there in that moment So I um, actually went to college for theater. I have a a background as an artist. That's what I got my degree in. And about five years after graduating college, I had been acting and I'd been waitressing and I'd been doing all these side jobs as artists do. And I came up with this idea. I was was using the internet at the time to go out and be a girl and try new restaurants and shop and check out events and where to work out and all that jazz. And There wasn't a resource online at the time for women. This was like pre-Instagram. This was like the beginning of Facebook. Like there was no online digital destination for women in Chicago to figure out where to go and what to do in a style that they wanted to read it in. And I was like, well, if I want this, then I'm sure there are other girls that want this. So long story short, I had no business experience. I raised about a quarter of a million dollars in private equity from friends and family, came up with this business called Cheeky Chicago. Dot com, which was an, an online magazine covering the city from you know fashion and fitness to restaurants and nightlife, music and theater, dating, um, being a bride, buying a house. It was like an amazing, amazing content platform and ran that for six and a half, seven years. And Man. had Wait, yeah. when did you first start Cheeky? 2008. 2008. 2008. Yeah, that is incredible because now – I mean, it's so like I was listening to Gary Vanderchuk the other day and it's like really thinking about pre-internet is yep. almost mind boggling because most of us listening here, it's well, not most. I mean, what, but listening, it's like Internet's always been at our fingertips. And especially for you, like in 2008, before the whole Instagram and like yep. total Facebook, that's insane. OK, keep going. Yeah. So it's, and it's funny that you say that because at the time, like 2008 was when was like right after Facebook went public, like outside of colleges and anyone could use it. Twitter had just taken off and I was like so green. Obviously I had, you know, no business background, came up with cheeky, like at a light bulb moment and just said, yes, you know, I totally faked it until I made it. And the truth is social media for me was just this phenomenally easy marketing tool. Like, wow, cool. I can just put a bunch of shit on social media and people will know about my brand more. And I, it was really an organic sort of process for me to become sort of social media, social media expert or a social media kind of girl as I'm, I think I'm considered because it was the way that I started my career. It was a, it was a critical tool to build, you know, free audience, free marketing. Right. Mm. And as, and as Gary Vaynerchuk says, I listened to him too. He's like the, the internet is no, no, what does he say? He says, social media is no longer social media. Social media is the internet, which is mm-hmm. so, so true. So I ran Cheeky for six and a half years, built it up to a massive, massive thing. It was probably, we reached a hundred thousand readers in our peak. We had, um, we worked with over a hundred more national 
and international brands as our clients created content, sponsorship, advertising, partnerships, and campaigns with everyone from Nike to Bloomingdale's to BMW to Diageo to Lululemon, like you name it. If you were a lifestyle brand and wanting to reach women and you were marketing and spending dollars locally and Chicago's a big market, we were your partner. It was an incredible experience and an incredible chapter. And I really, you know, I always say that I just wanted to solve my own problem, as most entrepreneurs do. I just wanted a place to go online where I could read about stuff I love in a, in a tone that I, I speak. And so I created it for myself, and I never intended to be like the face of Cheeky or a, or a media girl or a socialite or, or any of these things that sort of very much grew from being the founder of Cheeky. And... I remember like first my first or two weeks being live, I got a press release in my inbox, a press release, Amanda. Oh and gosh. I and I didn't know what it was. I was like, what's this? This is interesting. Like, <laughs> like what do you mean a press release? How does this work? How should I re- like why is this person emailing me? And you know, to so to enter the world of journalism and media and and digital was so so new for me and again, I I just we built it over seven years, it, it became this huge thing. I mean, everyone for a time, it seemed at least in my world, knew what Cheeky was. Oh my I mean, gosh, I moved to Chicago in 2012. And I think in 2013, I went to an, a Cheeky event at the WIT. And I like, so I've heard of it for, I've, I've known it for a handful of years. Yeah, yeah. And we built a big part of our brand was events, right? So we, um, we wanted to create events as a way for us to build an offline community. We were really passionate about women coming together, connecting, being kind, being open, being generous, and but but still living this fun, you know, cheeky life. And so we wrote about great places and then we would host events at great places. And it was this 360 brand. And the events were a really organic marketing tool for us. Again, all like just starting organically, doing things from your gut, not really thinking about it as a, as a revenue or, ta- or business tactic, but it ended up becoming a huge revenue model stream for us. We were able to leverage our partnerships with brands tenfold because we were doing events, plus we would help create digital campaigns for them in conjunction. So all this aside, over the seven years, I became really um, social. <laughs> I was out five nights a week. I was um, you know, in a magazine, a print magazine every other month, like there was a picture of me at some social event, like I became that girl. And I, in all transparency, I was such a nerd in high school. I was gawky. I was awkward. I was, I just never felt like confident in my own skin. And I felt, I think looking back on Cheeky I, and what the message really was all about for me was creating a, a space in a home where women always felt welcome and they always felt seen. And I loved when girls would come to our events by themselves and be like, I just moved here. My, my husband's, you know, doesn't want to go out anymore. I'm here by myself. Is that okay? It's like, of course that's okay. That's what it's all about. And so point being, I just, you know, I was in my late mid late twenties and a lot of um, like ego like came up in that. I know ego is just a, a reflection of insecurity. And I just was pushing myself on all of these levels to just be out there and be this cheeky girl. And, and, that, and it was, it really was rewarding on a very deep level too. I mean, I was building a business and people, you know, knew who I was and I was networking and I was seeing the results of that networking. And so I certainly don't like shame or poo-poo like any anyone putting themselves out there and being really social it just got to a point where um 
I was really burning the candle at both ends and was just not, not healthy, like physically and, and emotionally at times. And so I, um, seven years, six and a half, seven years had gone by. And I always say that I, um, had built my personal brand at first by accident and then very much by design later on in, in the cheeky chapter. And I'll, I'll get there in a second, but I, I started getting really, really sick towards like 2011, 2012. I I started getting chronic sinus infections. And if, if anyone's listening, who's ever had them, they are like the worst. I'd rather get anything but a sinus infection because they completely demobilize you and they never, they don't go away. They stick around for a month and it's just the most brutal and depressing, really emotionally depressing experience. Anyway, I had nine infections in less than a year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I was sick for a year and I ended up having to have my, my, I went to every single doctor imaginable acupuncturist and an allergist and obviously then an ENT. And he was like, your sinus cavities are completely inflamed and impacted. And that's why you keep getting sick. So you have to have surgery. So I had surgery on my sinuses in 2000, like early 2013. And I was healing from that surgery and really like could not do anything for a month. And it was in that month that I started to really kind of lose my shit. Can I, I can swear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm supposed to put like an X, but I, I haven't yet. So okay. no one, li- if you're listening, don't rat me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just watched my, my potty mouth. So um, noted. So I, I was sort of apartment bound and stuck for a month and I really wanted to get back to work and I was really trying to push myself through this recovery from a surgery. So, and if anyone's ever had surgery, whoa, you know, your body is way more intelligent and intuitive and stronger than your mind. No matter how much you'd like to think it's reversed, your body tells you first what, what, when it's ready to to heal, when it's ready to go back. And anyway, I had a, like a full on at the end of that month after sitting still with myself for a month, had a pretty full on emotional breakdown. And this had been like six years and a cheeky or so. And we had gone after some fundraising and that was really brutal and just running a team and being, you know, just being a first time business owner with a, with a huge, huge staff, tons of, you know, expenses, like a very cyclical business model, you know, just all of this pressure. I, and I had a business partner that our relationship wasn't, wasn't the best. And, you know, I just had this breakdown and I was sitting outside in a park. I had left my apartment to get some fresh air. And I was sitting on a grassy knoll in a park. It's so, so cliche. And I was trying to meditate. And I have this tattoo, this tiny little tattoo on my wrist that I've had since my early 20s that says simply be. And I looked down at this in like tears. And I said to myself, I don't, and it was so big. Like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You know, I don't want to, I don't think I'm really truly happy deep down. Like I'd been running so hard and so fast and, you know, be just being this, being this projection of myself that it didn't, it, I knew it wasn't really in alignment with who I was anymore. And it was at 27 at this point, 26. And at this point I was 33 and 32, 33. And I couldn't even say the words out loud. Like, wow, what if I don't do cheeky after such amount of time? And Anyway, I looked down at my wrist and I said to myself, I'm going to move on eventually. I have to, and I don't know what it's going to be. And I don't know what, what it will, what it will do, but it will be called simply be because it is, um, it is a, it is a metaphor for being authentic and for being in an alignment with who you really 
are today and what you really want and what makes you feel like yourself. And, and so that was really the beginning of about a year and a half process for me to ultimately walk away from Cheeky. Um, we didn't, you know, we sold some assets, but it was a really, um, really difficult experience actually on a lot of levels for lots of reasons, but it was me following my heart and I, people, you know, I've been interviewed recently for certain things and, and one of the questions I recently got was what do you consider your, your biggest accomplishment? And most people who know me think that it's cheeky or I would say cheeky or even my agency right now, which is booming. And we can talk about that, but really my biggest accomplishment was following my heart and reinventing myself and starting mm -hmm. from scratch. Um, yeah, that, that's huge because then you're consciously, it's like people who make the decision to quit their job, like their job's comfortable. It's good. It's well compensated, but you're just kind of like, mm, something's not right. And actually choosing to make that decision versus someone else or something else making it for you is a much bigger, like there's a risk there. Like, I feel like there's yeah. a bigger risk than if someone's like, oh, you're fired or you're let go. Like then you have no choice, but then to actually put yourself in a position where you mentally get there, where there's no choice, but to do X, yes. that, that's, that's huge. So it's the hard, yeah. it was the hardest thing I ever, ever did. It's the hardest thing I think anyone really has yeah. to do is to follow their gut and listen to their intuition. And my intuition was screaming at me. And actually, I think I finally heard my, what they call your inner voice for the first time in my life since, since I graduated college sitting on that grassy knoll. I heard a voice that said, Jessica, you need to st be still and stop and listen to what makes you happy. I heard it, Amanda. It was like the clearest, mm -hmm. most vivid moment. I'll never forget it. And to be honest, you're right. What you just said is so spot on how difficult it is. It's, it's, we talk about it in hindsight, like, yep, that was my biggest accomplishment, following my heart, done and done. But really, that, that process took me a year and a half to really do, right? To really step away and take that leap. I knew I wanted to do it and I was going to, but I couldn't actually do it for like a year. I hired a life coach. I went to see my therapist more often. I journaled. I, I that's when I got really into spirituality, connected with the moon, like no joke. Right. And that, 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 that's speaking of the moon that, that when we were talking prior, my girlfriend, every time she, we're like, why are we acting this way? And we're like, it's probably because of the moon. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but there can't be a, like the moon can't be the reason every single week. <laughs> that's what we're <laughs> laughing about that. And she's like, oh, I know you're right. I, okay. But sorry, keep going. No, but it's, but it's actually true. I would I would beg to disagree with you both. It can, it is the moon. So the fact that it, <laughs> you feel it differently every single week of the month at month and uh, month is because the sun, the the moon rotates around the sun what every thirty days. So don't don't yeah. don't, uh, don't like, beat yourself. Oh that. my gosh, there's that. We're like, oh, the moon this week, the moon next week, and we started laughing. We're like, it's always the moon. But no, I'm okay. So your transition for, yeah. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Take us back then to you're in the transition. You're realizing that you need, there's something else. I'm sure your ego is probably at play because of all the success that you had with cheeky. And then maybe there's people saying like, what are you doing? Like you're crazy. Uh, all, all of the above, all of the above. And I ended up stepping away, listening to myself, totally freaked out. Um, and left in October or, or yeah, October of 2014. So 
I launched jessicaswag.com and the Simply Be agency. And I just really wanted it to be a one-woman shop. I was so burnt out from running this massive operation, you know, big team, lots of clients, partner, you know, team, clients. Like, I just wanted to do my own thing, eat what I kill, be a one-woman shop. And I launched Simply Be Agency in October of 2014 and immediately got clients. Like within a matter of a week, I had big clients, Fortune 500s. I had small local, uh, small businesses, anyone, coaching clients, anyone that wanted to work with me, I was wor- working with. And, and I will say this, and this is an important note to your uh, audience, and, and I've been, you know, in hindsight, really, really reflect, have reflected on this, that that sort of crossroad moment a lot. I was taking on all of that work and all of those clients, not out of abundance, but out of scarcity. Cause I was so freaked out. Like I just left this big business and I need to make money and I need to like, people are wanting to work with me. So that's an ego stroke. And that must mean I'm, you know, really, you know, great at what I do. And, you know, so all that aside, when, when I did leave cheeky to launch simply be to really separate myself and obviously go off as just Jessica, I realized in that moment that I just described the power of a personal brand, right? Because I had built seven years of equity in my own name. And at first I didn't realize it. And by the end of it, I did. And people, people, I always say this, I sound like a broken record for if my team listens to this, they're going to roll their eyes. But I always say this, that people are inherently more interesting than products. Like people are interested in people. And when you think about like Gary Vaynerchuk, perfect example, do you follow Gary Vaynerchuk or do you follow VaynerMedia on Instagram? You follow Gary. Same thing with Richard Branson. You follow him versus Virgin. You follow Oprah versus the own network. You follow, you know, Tony Robbins, people who have, those are extreme examples, but people are so powerful. And when when you really hone in on that anyway. So I put, no, I think that it's, it's a very great, it's a wonderful distinction, especially even now with the world of social media and how turning that, like people are their own brands these days. They really are. And I had, I had an audience of my own, like cheeky had had an audience, but so did Jessica, Jessica had an audience and, and I just had a huge contact list and Jessica had a huge network and Jessica had her own style. And so I was able to take that and really leverage that in in multitude of ways from monetary opportunities to just pure exposure to great to new relationships, partnerships. Anyway, the the personal brand aha moment really came a little bit later, but that was a, a huge, huge eye-opening experience. Like, wow, people don't even know how good I am or good I'm not. They just want to work with me because of the equity that I built in myself. And that is invaluable. And so I went on to consult for a bunch of clients, built a business quite quickly. Within three months, one of the clients that I was working with was a corporate company, a travel brand. I had done a 30 or or 90 day, three month sort of contract with them to come in and build a roadmap to launch an international restaurant and entertainment program across the world. I mean, it sounds fun, but you can tell us if it was or like what that journey was. It was long story short. They, they offered me a full-time job. They they were, you know, they hired me as a consultant to come in, build the roadmap to find the product. Once that was done, they were like, well, do you actually want to launch the product since you're the one that's closest to it? Do you actually want to do that? And it would, you know, require you to get on a lot of airplanes and travel around the world. 
And I was like, sure. <laughs> so um, they offered me, yeah, no, 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 for real. So I, I, it was a great salary. It was, it was the opportunity to work for corporate America for the first time in my entire life. And literally I've always eaten what I've killed. I've never had a paycheck. When I graduated college, like I said, I was an actress, I waitressed, I always made my own money. And then I started cheeky. So I'd never ever in my life had a two, every two week, like payroll paycheck. Ever. What was that like? Um, at first it was, it was a little strange and then it was kind of awesome and really, <laughs> and it was really addicting. And, but then it was also sort of discouraging because it's like, wow, man, no matter how hard or how little I work, I get paid the same, like, yeah. you know, and gosh, I just love the hustle and I love like being my own boss and running my own business. Now, again, when you put into it, like everything, you get it out, you know, you see your own results and there's no better feeling than that ever. So point is, took that job. I call it my 18-month like stint in corporate America. But I traveled the world for 18 months. I went to 15 countries. I got to go to cities I probably never would have gone. It was an incredible, incredible experience. And I built a global network. I learned how to launch a global product and um, scale um, a, a digital product from five markets to 25 markets. And it was just an invaluable experience. I, I, I had amazing colleagues. I connected with such incredible people at that job. And I'm so grateful for it. And all the while, I was simply being never went away. But it was sitting on the shelf staring at me every day. And I never intended for that job to swoop me up the way that it did. I was like, oh, sure, I'll take this corporate job and I'll still be able to build my agency in Chicago. The company was based in Dallas. So I was flying to Dallas every week. And I just couldn't oh, obviously man. do both. Yeah, it was a grind. I, it was totally I feel a grind. you on that. That's I getting on a plane. I mean, I oh. did that from 2012 to maybe like mid 2000, early 2016, and being gone every single week, Monday through Friday, and only having your weekends in the city. Like traveling it was great, brutal. but then it's brutal when it comes to wanting to build a network and feeling like connected and and so for you having that already pre-built oh. but then stepping away from it I could imagine the the difficulties of that and so that yeah that's crazy before we go any any further or farther I'm terrible which one is it I, I don't know which one it is if I say further or farther I need to go back and like <laughs> revisit that I do want to give a shout out to our lovely sponsor for this podcast episode you guys have heard me if you're just tuning in maybe you haven't but if you've been sticking around for quite some time you know that HelloFresh is one of our partners and they are sponsoring this podcast episode and what HelloFresh is, is it's the meal delivery service. It's a kit that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience and not just the final plate and thinking about, oh my gosh, what uh, is the recipe I'm going to make? It takes out all the guesswork for you. It delivers food right to your doorstep. And the best part is that it is less than $10, $10 a meal, which is incredible. So when you think of the time that you spend going to the grocery store or thinking about what you want to make. Again, it takes all the guesswork out of it. I absolutely love it. It's perfect when I get on the road and I come back home and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to think about what I'm going to make. So then I can absolutely order HelloFresh, have it delivered, and then my fiance and I can just enjoy time being together. So definitely make sure you check it out. If you have not checked it out, first time users, customers can get $30 off their order by heading over to HelloFresh.com and then in the checkout like promo code area, just put her way 30 to get $30 off your first hello fresh so yeah that's it 
it's awesome. You guys definitely need to check it out. But back to you, Jessica, with talking about, so you're in there for 18 months and then what was that transition from corporate to back to you're like, okay, now let's do simply be, this is it. This is me. This is my alignment. Yeah. It's talk, talk about when you are in alignment. So I, I, that that job had run its course. It was great. I saw the world. I, I learned a lot, but I, I was, my heart was aching. Everything you just said about getting on an airplane from, you know, Monday through Friday, and being away from your life, I felt like a ghost in my own life, and it was yes. really tough. So I was super ready. I wasn't like, oh, is this the right thing? Or I was like, get me off this two-week payroll check thing. I want to start making my own money again. And I reconcepted Simply Be to become a personal branding agency because when I had first started it, it was just a marketing and branding consultancy. And I realized I don't want to. I think you can shake a stick and hit a marketing agency in any major city. Like the world doesn't need another one. The world does need more humanity and more people stepping into their power and telling their stories and being thought leaders on what they know to better service the world. I really believe in that. I follow so many of them and I've done it for, you know, for my, for myself to a degree and, you know, having the background of, of being a marketer and working with so many major brands, it felt like the perfect pivot. And so I pivoted the agency, quit my job in November of 2016, um, I became an associate of this larger agency called Idea Booth. They're an amazing think, creative think tank in Chicago. And within, I don't know, it's been eight, eight nine months. Um, well, I got acquired by Idea Booth. Uh, we reached a quarter of million dollars in revenue. I hired a team. I'm working with some of the most incredible clients, like dream, dream clients that will put me and my agency hopefully on the map if we do a great job, which we will. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, so things have just taken off. Like things have just exploded. Um, I was so I was so nervous when I quit my job. I mean, yes, I was ready, but I was like cutting off that umbilical cord, those golden handcuffs of like a high six-figure paying job, like to just start from scratch again. And it was it was terrifying. And month one, I had two clients. Month three, I had three clients. Month five, I had six clients, and now we have twelve clients. And it's just, it's sometimes more work than we can handle. And so what I, what I extract here is that you, you are more powerful and capable than you know, and that when you just trust and follow your heart, the sky is the limit. I, I, I really have to pinch myself. I mean, I have the tendency to look at the negative and doubt myself and like have those moments all the time, of course, but really it's, it's such a testament to doing making yourself happy and not, not pleasing anyone. Like when I left cheeky, you know, a lot of people, the closest people in that business didn't understand it. Didn't, didn't get it. When I left my corporate job, it freaked my husband out. Like there's just so many people in your life that are going to have their own agendas, whether they come from a a good place or not. Most of them do, but you have to follow yours and yours alone. And yeah, I, it simply be has been, a really beautiful whirlwind. And I consider 2017 like year one, you know, my first year in true business doing this yeah. this way. And I hustle my ass off and I work like crazy, but it's, it's for a greater purpose. And if we've come this far in this short amount of time, I just, I just want to keep going. It's been, it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey so far. Yeah. What? Okay. So give us an example then too, like, um, of one of your clients and how simply be, works uh with the client and what does that whole process look like 
Sure. So um, I'll give you a great example. So I really, I love working with executives, you know, people who have dedicated their life to, to corporate or, or entrepreneurs who have been so, so laser focused on doing what they do and building their own companies that they have left their own personal brand and their own mar- personal marketing out yet have so much to share and have such expertise in what they, what they do and really want to help the future generation or other, other people in leadership or whatever. And so one of my clients is the president of a national mortgage bank. He is a West Point um, vet. He served two tours in Bosnia. Oh my he, he, yeah, he um, has dedicated his entire corporate career to service. He developed an amazing charity in conjunction with his bank. He launched this initiative a few years ago called the Chariots Patriot Initiative. And he basically, anytime you take out a mortgage with his bank, you donate $150 by choice to one of these veteran causes, and they've raised millions of dollars. He has the um, vision to run for political office, actually. He's based in Texas. And there's he's just this magnetic, gregarious, incredibly genuine person who has a wealth of knowledge on politics entrepreneurship, finance, um, obviously the the veteran community, it's his biggest passion. And so what we do for someone like him who has truly no no digital presence and needs a platform for himself, for his current initiatives, and then of course his future, because personal branding is a long game. You cannot expect to launch social channels and content and then have a million followers within six months. It grows and grows steadily over time, time, time. So all that aside, he hired us to help him what we do is we help define your brand, right? So who are you? Just like Pepsi and Coca-Cola and Apple, they're all brands, right? What's the Amanda Boleyn brand, for example? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it believe in? Who is her audience? How does she talk to that audience? How does she distinguish herself from the other girls who are similar, but of course not exactly like Amanda Boleyn? Where's the white space? And so we help define that brand. We have a really cool, pretty much proprietary process on how we develop the, the personal brand identity. And then we build out a roadmap and a strategy for how you're going to reach that audience with your intrinsic value. And then we build those platforms and that content and that audience for you. So with my client, we, we're defining, we defined his brand. It's, it's an, it's incredible what we've come to. I don't really want to go into too much detail, but we, we decided that he needs, he obviously needs his own website. He, he, we actually want to launch a podcast for him, um, launching a weekly newsletter, helping him set up all of his Twitter and his LinkedIn and his public figure Facebook page, putting him on the speaker circuit, um, really telling his story from multiple, multiple platforms and in angles. And that's how you grow audience by creating value. It's such a misnomer about personal branding, like that it's a self-promotional vanity game. Like if you want to be Instagram famous girl, don't hire me because that's not, I'm not interested in people who are interested in that. Those are not my clients. My clients are, are true thought leaders or actually true experts who want to be thought leaders and, and need the support and the facilitation to get there. So yeah. that's what we do. Oh, uh, I mean, no, that it makes, that's amazing too. I, I remember I was working with a corporate client and one of the, like, this is in tech and this guy who was a VP had this whole like he has his own um, company that does his personal branding. And 
to that, like I remember seeing that and was like, wow, there really is a market, especially in the corporate world, because if you as an individual in a corporate environment have influence and you're positioned as a thought leader, like you become more attractive to potentially other companies wanting to get a hold of you because then you follow up in that brand of that company that you work for too, which it's highly incentive. Like it's, it's good to have that. Totally. I mean, I always say that, you know, people don't do business with logos or products or letterheads. They do business with people. And if you put yourself out there as the face of your company, that I read a study in, I think it was Forbes last year, that B2B companies that provide the exact same services at the exact same price will outsell the other based on the thought leadership that surrounds their company by the, by the people, the faces of their, their C-level teams, the, the different types of speaking and media opportunities that they're getting. You know, you can talk to your customers directly on social media in a way that you, you could never before. People in leadership positions who aren't taking advantage of all of that are losing. You know, I don't think that it's a nice to have anymore to, to have a personal brand platform. It's a must have, you know, and, and, and like Sheryl Sandberg actually wrote an article recently about why like your personal brands are stupid and, and why they don't, um, really like matter and that whatever. And I read the article of course. And, and it that's was funny crazy. because I would, well, that surprises me. Well, here's, here's what was so ironic about it was a great subject line. Oh, I, cause then I, it gets you to read it. It gets you to read it. And I'm like, you, you, me and you, Cheryl are saying the exact same thing. Cause her whole point was no one cares that you're Instagram famous. No one cares that you have, you know, this, this much success. People care about how you make them feel, what their, what your value is. Mm-hmm. And coming from a place of authentic service, this is what I say is really the true makings of a personal brand. I, I'm not interested in people who, who, who need that, that ego stroke, right. That are just there to be, um, known. People don't want to actually hear about your successes. They want to hear about your failures. They want to hear, hear about your mistakes. They want to hear about the, the struggles that, that, that got you to where you are so that you humanize yourself and people following you are inspired by that. They say, wow, I look at this person Let's take Tony Robbins, for example, who came from a single mom who beat him and was broke living out of his car. Now he's a billionaire and donates a million dollars a year to charities. And he shares that story as part of his personal brand platform. And that's, to me, what makes people like him so enigmatic and so worth watching because it's their truth. It's authentic. It's the ugly. It's the, you know, imperfect that that is the true makings of a personal brand and you toe a fine line when you're a corporate leader and you're trying to build your your platform for your for your brand and that's something i believe our agency does really well that we really we really showcase you in a 360 we really get to the heart of who you are what drives you part of our discovery process we actually interview four or five people closest to that to that client their their husband or wife their boss their subordinate, their best friend, their child, so that we really get to know who they are emotionally as well as professionally. And we're able to tell that story in a very intentional way. Um, Cause you can't just be like, blah, here's all my problems and I'm, I'm a mess and follow me. Cause I'm honest, right? You have to be like, yeah. no, this is, this is my, right. This is my mess. This is my humanity. This is what I've learned. This is what you can learn. I'm still learning, right? Those are the things those are the kinds of personal brands that I love to follow and you know hope to create yeah yeah so what is it talking about 
it's a, it sounds like your business is very service based versus product based. What, um, I guess my question is having like figuring out the logistics and the operational piece of the business when it is service based, like how have you found it to be like when it comes to pricing and making sure the services are right because of the hours put in, was that something that you knew right away what that would look like based on your previous experience or did it take some time to figure out? And then if so, but how did you come to it? I mean, that's a great question. I think that you sort of just dip your toe and toe that line and push it further and further based on your experience level, your confidence level. Um, and yes, your value and how much time you think something will take. I charge five figures a month to work with me now. Um, and I didn't do that before, um, to be honest, you know, yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's something that was a journey and process for me to really value my time and my worth. Um, cause it's not just the, it's not just the execution, but it's the strategy and it's the, the vision that you're also paying for. And you're most of all, in, in my opinion, paying for the, uh, coaching and the, and the high touch, um, partnership yeah. and the intellectual just, property, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well that too. But I mean, my clients, you know, I have, a, I have a great team and to your other part of that question, I put a really incredibly talented team around me that all have various skill sets, but really do have a similar passion, are great with clients, know how to communicate. Those are, those are essentials, but really, you know, I know where my strengths are and where my weaknesses are. And, and I know that one of the my biggest strengths is shining light on people and their, what their gifts are that they can't see for themselves and really like pr providing that reflection time over and over and over again. There's a consultative sort of coaching aspect to working with me because I just, I look at my clients, I look at so many people, I'm like, you're so amazing. And I'm going to tell you 16 reasons why. And those 16 reasons are things they've never considered about themselves. And, and we work through that day in, day out and, and shine light on that in every every time I, I talk to them. And so to me, that's my biggest passion is really like setting people free to see themselves for how incredible the rest of the world sees them. So, I mean, pricing is a tricky thing and you've got to be confident in knowing that your time is worthy. And here's the other thing I've learned. If I'm going to put pricing in front of a client and they're like, Oh, that's too much money. I'm like, okay, then you're not my client. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's more, of that, there's more where that came from and I respect you. And they usually respect me and, and, and it's not, it's, it's business and you move on. Um, but I have kind of gotten, I'm done minimizing my time and devaluing myself for just needing that extra dollar. Cause that dollar will come from somewhere else and it will be more joyful to work on. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I totally, one of my girlfriends was telling me when she was in a, a meeting and had a proposal and they didn't, they kind of like fell off their chair and she's like, it just made me realize that, you know, it just wasn't a good fit and that's okay. And sometimes if also not, they may not, the potential client may not fully understand the value of the service and, and see or like care about that specific thing and, and that's okay. And it's just being confident with what you come to the table and knowing your values and stuff. So thank you for sharing that. What are, let's talk about, um, as we kind of like wrap up here, the personal side of Jessica's Zweig and in terms of like, what is it that you are something that you're still personally working on, whether it's a personal development thing that shows up in your business or what might that 
be that maybe isn't known to the social media, Instagram public world necessarily? Oh, sure. Great question. Oh man. I, I've been going through a really big internal struggle a lot, a lot lately. I went to Costa Rica. Um, I travel a ton like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And while I was, while I was out there, I read a new earth by Eckhart Tolle. Have you ever read that book? No, not yet, but I have it on my book list. You need to, you need to. Um, and, and so I, I guess what I'll try and say is I'm, I'm, I'm very, I try to, I strive to be very positive. I am very spiritual. I do a lot of personal growth work. I meditate. I do yoga. I eat well. I have great nourishing relationships. Right. But there's a lot of, um, like inner negative talk that I struggle with. And Eckhart Tolle, I read his book while I was in Costa Rica. And, you know, his whole, his whole point of the book is that we as a whole live unconscious lives, that we um, are, are attached to the, the past, the future stuff, status, other people, you know, and that to become conscious is to become aware that we are unconscious. And I'm, I'm reading this book and, you know, he talks about non-resistance, non-attachment, non-judgment, and just, just the way that we progress as a modern society. And his whole point is as soon as we all become aware that we are unconscious and become conscious, we will be living in a new earth. That's, that's sort of the essence of the book. And I read this book and I'm reading the way that he's describing people and humanity. And I'm, I'm like, this is, this is me. This is, uh, he's talking about me. I, I am, a, I, I hold on to the past. I project into the future. I of course sometimes care what people think of me. Um, you know, I, I have old grievances on, on, on past relationships. I, I, I'm still working on forgiveness on certain things. Like there's all of these things, right. That I, I struggle, I struggle with just like every, I think everybody. And Coming home from that trip in Costa Rica, reading that book, I went by myself. I did a ton of yoga. I did a, just did a lot of silence. Um, I realized that the life that I'm building here in Chicago is so counterintuitive to, at times, to what I know is really like my soul, like what my soul wants, which is like flow and space and a vastness and peacefulness. And instead, all I do is hustle, hustle, hustle all day long. My, my Google calendar is like crazy packed. Like I have something every night of the week. I, you know, it's, I'm like living that life in a major city. And I've just been really struggling since I've been back from that trip. It was so cha- game changing how to create that feeling of vastness and space and peace on a day-to-day level. Um, and really become conscious more and more to the negative self-talk that I, I have a lot. So that's that's pretty real. I mean, that's like... Yeah, girl, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. I was like, whoa, yes, this is what I'm talking about, people. This is why we do the podcast. Oh, because yeah. yeah. there's so many... I mean, I even... I share the same... I have similar sentiments and like the negative self-talk with, with you as well. And so I... Yeah, if... I thank you so much for sharing that because I know that other people, other listeners and you guys who are listening, definitely, I mean, that stuff is real. And if we don't talk about it and share and have the the me too with it, sometimes it can feel very isolating, which then is even piled on it because you're like, wait, am I the only one that's thinking this? Oh my gosh, this person yeah. doesn't think that, you know, like breaking down the barriers of, of real authentic self. I mean, to me, that's, I really strive 
to be, I, I mean, that's probably more vulnerable than I, I, I would be on Instagram, but I strive to be vulnerable in my content. I strive to be vulnerable in life. Um, I always say like people, you know, the world will be set free by people who are free. And when you set yourself free and you, when you get honest and open, you give other people the permission to do the same for themselves. And no, no one is an island. We all are struggling with our own shit. And if we talk about it, that to me is the secret sauce is, is, is dealing with it out loud, whether it's with people closest to you or even a stranger. I've, I've had some of the most enlightening conversations with people I barely know who've said to me, Hey Jess, how are you? And I'm actually not that good. And I'm like, actually, how am I? I'm kind of shitty and here's why. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I experienced the exact same thing a year ago. And this is how I dealt with it. And it's like, literally I think about those moments years later you know and there's just so much power in vulnerability bottom line yes amen sister <laughs> totally yeah I mean girl mm -hmm. I love it I love it okay couple rapid fire questions before we wrap up one is what is the if you could wave a magic wand what would be or is the next thing that you would outsource in your business <gasps> oh man um my help help me manage my email oh, <laughs> my inbox oh okay yeah. yeah I always call it email jail I probably shouldn't it's, talk about it like that because it is an yeah. energy and so when I say email jail it probably is like you know what I'm gonna make it more email jail for you no I'm kidding it's it's really real <laughs> it's really really real <laughs> it's there yeah. all right so if people are listening if someone can manage help Jessica manage her email <laughs> Well, my email used to be public, right? And so I just get like, I just get so much, so much mail. But yeah. anyway, and it feels it feels heavy, you know. When I when I like go to bed and I wake up with like a hundred new emails, and you know, only a couple of them are really like the ones I need to. It just it's a it's a lot. So if I had somebody that could like get inside my brain and know how to sift out what's not necessary and just make it clean for me like daily. That would be a huge, huge help. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. 100 for that, for sure. Um, la like another rapid fire question that I have for you. What are you most excited about right now? Yeah. So I'm launching jessicaswag.com in the next few months. Um, I'm working with Vibe Tribe. I love those girls. The, the website is a place for, you know, me to have all of the things that I love and write about in one place. I, you know, right now I have a little travel blog that I contribute to. Sometimes I have my, my content on medium. I'm a top writer on medium. And then of course the simply be agency blog, but I want it, all my content to, I want my own digital one-stop shop destination. Um, if I'm going to teach personal branding and coach personal branding, I have to walk my own walk and I want, you know, I want that site for, for, for lots of reasons. And so it's actually entrepreneurship and personal branding meets my passion for travel because I've traveled so many places and I continue to, and I write about it, which is yeah. sort of a, a, you know, a nod back to like my cheeky roots, which is, you know, writing about where to go, what to do, but on a, on a global scale. And I, yeah, I'm so excited. It's launching in October Yay. and I, I just can't, I think about it every day and that's what I'm most excited about right now. Yeah. Well, and you're, you have a lot of travel still coming up for the rest of the year too, which is so exciting. Which is your favorite place or like most excited place you're about to go? Oh girl, that's impossible that I'm going, I know. I'll, I top, well, I'm going to a bunch of, I'm going to Morocco 
in oh. September. I'm going to Jamaica in November, and I'm going to Tokyo and Kyoto in December. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome! Have you? I've never been to Morocco, but that's definitely a spot no, that I want to. No, I've never like... been to Morocco either. I've been like dying, dying to go. Are you going on um, solo trip again? No, no, I'm going <laughs> with my best friend. Um, I'm going to my uh, with Megan Taylor. She's like my redheaded. DJ bestie and we travel the world together every single year and I just love her. We we like make it a pack that like hopefully for the rest of our lives we'll take like a like we've been to Bali, we've been to Thailand, we've been to Portugal, we've been to um, Toronto. So oh, this year we're going to Morocco. So and then fun. going to um Awesomeness Fest. Have you heard of that festival in A Fest? No, I've not heard oh, of it. Oh, you have to check it out, Amanda. A Fest. Yeah, check that check that conference out. It's like global world like movers and shakers like Sweet. people who are totally on like the consciousness plane Ooh. and i'm going to that in november and then my husband and i are taking a trip over christmas to go to japan wow oh my gosh that's i've never been to japan i've been to shanghai but not japan that would be so sweet <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pumped we're going to tokyo and kyoto which we're going to be in Kyoto for Christmas, which is going to be super, super interesting and random, but cool. it'll be beautiful. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. So fun. Oh my gosh. I loved our conversation. Me too. Thank you for coming on. I, will you share with our listeners where they can find more information about you? And Yes. Oh, yes, of course. So um, you go to the simplybeagency.com to learn more about the agency. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter simply be Jessica. And I think I'm simply be Jessica on Facebook too. I have a, I have a open um, Facebook page and LinkedIn. I'm Jessica Zweig. I'm on all of them. And, uh, and you can check out my travel blog. It's roaddresstraveled.com. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out shedidithherwaypodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.